0: These days, everything is
1: go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Light. It's exciting to win money.
0: Back out to Error. Five. five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh not really. Gambling gods, fickle butt. Oh yeah. So easily offended. Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot.
2: Let me we welcome you in to Full Slate a Blue Wire gambling podcast. It is another Wednesday, which is often the biggest weekday of college basketball, and we are headed into the home stretch of the regular season, so we got plenty of college hoops to get to on today's pod. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on gambling Twitter, at UndercoverGreg. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel, at Showtime Cappers. And Matt brought a friend along for the ride. It's Bill Christie. You might know him as... At Larry's Locks 2 on gambling Twitter. So we're going to uh, have a third wheel on the pod. Uh, Larry, welcome aboard. Good to have you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having
1: me. I'm excited about this.
2: Matt, how are
3: you doing as usual? Greg, it's a great day to have a great day. Although my pick of the month early into February lost, we're still able to profit over seven units. So I would say last night, was a pretty good night, but although Ole Miss first half, pick of the month, did go down, our other two max plays, Sixers and Rockets, came through very easily.
2: So there we have it. Yeah, I, I did pretty well on my one unit plays last night. Uh, unfortunately, Penguins max blew up in overtime, uh, but for the most part, it was a, uh, a decently good. Anytime you can overcome a max, I was up about a unit and a half, so I'll certainly take that. Um, Let's go quickly, though. Let's move along, as uh, this is a very interesting college basketball slate. Larry, before we get into it, though, if you want to uh, give an introduction on yourself, how long have you been gambling? Uh, You know, know Matt told me that you're a big college hoops junkie, so where do you kind of, uh, is that kind of your area of specialization? Just tell us a little bit of yourself and your sports betting background.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Definitely college basketball will probably be my number one sport uh, that I'm putting wagers on. Um, probably been gambling since you know late teens, really. Um, I can remember being a kid, my dad giving me my first parlay card as a little kid and telling me to pick winners. I Had no idea what I was doing.
2: Um, I was just <laughs> picking
1: favorite teams and they all won. I was all excited and my dad goes, "Yeah, we lost." So what do you mean we lost? He said, uh, "You know this thing called the spread," and told me a little bit about what that was. And from like that moment on, I kind of was hooked on it and researching things and didn't know I was handicapping then, but I guess I was at, at, at some level. Um, but recently, you know, in the last, you know, probably 10, 12 years, I've been really trying to dig deeper into things, researching more. Um, but definitely college basketball is my number one. Basketball has always been a passion of mine and, you know, numbers and research. I was a history major in college, so it all came kind of natural, um, to me but yeah college basketball for sure number one sport that I'm I'm putting things on putting so let me on, ask
2: you you mentioned on. you mentioned college where you go to school like do you have a do you have an allegiance even though that can never get in the way here
1: <laughs> I'm a Rutgers
2: grad uh which
1: okay. is a good thing for this year it's been yeah watch those guy's yeah. play um I'm actually a huge Michigan fan believe it or not uh that's when I started getting into basketball with the Fab Five so love following Michigan happy to see Juwan Howard so, doing so some special where did your there.
2: allegiance lie at Madison Square Garden a couple weeks ago
1: Uh, With the one that covered, (laughs) we had to play the number. You know, Um, same thing. I'm a big Nova fan too, as well. Uh, We have some family that's related up there, Um, so that was a tough one too. Watching Michigan at Nova was kind of pulling a little bit for Michigan because they haven't won one in a while. But uh, you know, no, no walk away easy with that one. Yeah.
2: All right. So let's get to it. Um, You mentioned Villanova. I am uh, going to get to them a little bit later. I I do want to talk about a couple Big East games. Uh, and I want to start in uh, East Orange, New Jersey, with the Creighton Blue Jays and the Seton Hall Pirates. Uh, on uh, Bet online our sponsor, uh, Creighton is a six-point road dog, total 146. And I actually like this total over for my first play. Uh, Creighton's been a scoring machine uh, recently, and we saw them score in the 70s in a win at Villanova. Um, we also have Seton Hall coming off of that big win against Villanova. Uh, we know that uh, Seton Hall, especially with a healthy Miles Powell, uh, can score it up a good deal, too. So, yeah, I think this is possible that we get a game here in the 70s. And, and you know, a six-point line kind of indicates... Uh, we're going to get a close game, and uh, I I just think both these teams have been scoring at a pretty high clip, and Creighton right now, I think it's no secret if they want to win this game, uh, they're going to have to be able to uh, put the ball in the basket a good deal, so uh, I'll kind of play the little bit of a recency bias here, but I, I like the game over the total, 146 for my first pick. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, Greg, you know, I don't have an official play on this game, but just with you bringing up this game, I am looking at Creighton plus six. Uh, Creighton's coming off of back-to-back road wins against the spread and outright wins at Georgetown and at Villanova, even though I, I understand uh, Villanova, I believe, was at the Wells Fargo Center. That game, nonetheless, Creighton was away from their own gym. Uh, However, it's interesting seeing Hall, you know, their past couple games at home, they have won outright and covered the number as well. I just think this Crane team has shown that they've played good basketball over the last two games, you know, that six points could be a lot in these Big East games where early on in the season, we saw true domination from the home teams in the Big East, such as we saw in the Big Ten, and it seems like we're seeing a slight regression back towards the mean with the home and road splits. You know, I remember last as, as as early as last week and the week before, a lot of Big East road teams were not only covering outright at six, seven, or eight points, they were pulling the, uh, the, the upright upset. Um, the Big East is the second best conference in basketball this year, in my opinion, behind the Big Ten, and these teams are all very good, but at the end of the day, they're all very close to... And they also all rely on one or two key guys. That's how the offenses really click. So this will be a real interesting game. I lean Creighton plus six, but no official play yet for me.
2: Yeah, and one last thing. Um, Creighton in in its last game, and I mentioned that Villanova game that it scored 76, uh, 94 against St. John. So while they did throw a clunker in there against Providence, uh, you just look at their recent games. They're in the upper 70s or low 80s. So, again, I like it over. Larry, anything here, side total?
1: Uh, I think if I had to make a lean, I would actually probably lean a little bit towards Seton Hall. Um, you know, what Matt's saying makes me a little bit nervous. But when I'm looking at them, you know, as favorites, they're 11-5 and five against the spread. Um, as a home favorite, they're 6-3. and three, And it seems like Creighton's kind of been like a 500 team against the spread as, a, as an away team. Um, but, you know, Matt mentioned real quick, An important player, Miles Powell, right? Like he he makes that offense run. He gets in foul trouble early. We saw what happened with Ole Miss yesterday when one of their top players got in early foul trouble, really hurt them offensively. So, you know, if somebody like Powell gets in foul trouble early, you know, it could it could lend itself to Creighton. But if I had a lean, I'd probably lean the hall. An
3: interesting look here, also. Seton Hall is 127th ranked in the country at plus one and a half points on the first half margin. You know, for a team ranked ten, I'm sure that's pretty shocking. What does that tell you? They're a pretty good second half team, and/or they make second half adjustments. Flip the script. The number twenty-third ranked team in the country, Creighton, lands themselves sixth or nineteenth, excuse me, overall in the country at plus six point two margin of victory in the first half. Crane comes to play in the first 20 minutes. If you like seeing Hall, I think a better look is to sit and play at halftime because it could be close, or They could be down at halftime in this one.
1: Yeah, I I think you're definitely right, Matt, because, again, Miles Powell seems to take a while to get started. I won't give Kevin Willard that much credit and say he's a great second-half adjustment coach, but um, you're right. I've seen that a lot this year where seeing Hall kind of struggle in the beginning. Second half, they kind of pull away, get their stuff together. So I'm with you on that play. Yeah,
3: I mean, that was their game last week against Nova down – Four, and then they win the second half by 10. Uh, I mean, you know, that's just their most recent game. But nonetheless, I mean, go back to the Xavier game. I understand they lost that game by 12, but still they put up 23 points in the first half and then 39 in the second half. So like you said, takes a little bit for that offense to get going. So the second half might be a better look for them.
2: Let's keep things moving. Uh, I'll let you guys decide who wants to go next, Matt, Larry, uh, and give us a pick.
3: Larry, take it away for your first pick on the first <laughs> hot.
1: All right, I'm going to stick. Since it's Wednesday, I have a very odd trend that's been going on here with the team of Iowa State. Iowa State, believe it or not, is 0-7 the last seven Wednesday games they have. Odd trend. Again, I'm not putting too much into it, but – uh, they are in Oklahoma. Um, that that spread opened at Oklahoma minus eight. I've seen a balloon up to ten and a half recently. Um, I really like Oklahoma in this spot. Uh, the last four home games, they've beaten um, some solid teams. They beat West Virginia by ten. They beat Oklahoma State by 13. They beat TCU by 20. The only close game in the last four they had was against Mississippi State. They beat them by one. The line was two. So it was keeping you close there with what Vegas was putting it out as. Um, Iowa State, the 2-9 and nine is a dog and 2-5 and five is a road dog. And look, Oklahoma needs to put some some teams away right now. They're, they're not in the bubble. They're currently a nine seed, I think I saw. But if they want to make a strong 20 berth, they're going to need to have some solidified wins here. Um, and Iowa State's been an absolute disaster on the road this season. They lost each of its first seven road games. Um, look, I I just can't trust the Cyclones at all. Whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever it is, um, and Oklahoma's ten and one in front of their home fans, so I think it's a solid play. Um, and the fact they're at home, I, I can see them pulling away uh, pretty early and keeping them, you know, at 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 bay the whole time. And look, the public's a little bit on Iowa State, um, maybe a little bit under sixty percent. So I'm curious to see what happens uh, the rest of the day. But, again, with that opening at 8 and jumping right off the 10-and-a-half with public a little bit on Iowa State, I'm, I'm going to play Oklahoma.
2: Yeah, I like this. And also, I, I'm sure that uh, it, you didn't mention this, but I'm sure you saw Tyrese Halliburton for Oklahoma, for Iowa State. Uh, is now going to be out for the season. You know, mm-hmm. So that's a potential lottery pick. So you wonder, you're talking about mm-hmm. kids 18, 19, 20 years old, how are they mentally right now uh, knowing that one of their best, if not their best player, is not going to be there anymore? So uh, just an added uh, added bonus towards looking towards the Oklahoma side. It's the way I would lean as well.
3: Yeah, I actually have two plays on this game, boys. I have, will be taking Oklahoma first half minus 5.5. Iowa State minus 3.3 margin of victory on the road this year, flip the script for Oklahoma, a decent road. I mean, excuse me, home team plus 4.2 margin at home. Not as high as I would like it to be. However, they have been playing way better basketball as of late as opposed to when they were earlier in the season. And I'm definitely taking that in consideration. You know, like you were mentioning, I understand they lost on the road at Texas Tech. But their last three home games, you know, two of them have come by double digits. They covered the number, and Iowa State frankly just they they, they, they they got they didn't cover the number on the road against West Virginia. They were blown out there. they didn't in the first half when they played Auburn, they didn't cover the number in the first half you know. When they played Texas Tech, they didn't cover the number in the first half. When they played Baylor, they didn't cover the number in the first half. So you see where I'm going with this. When mm-hmm. Iowa State has played the other top, say, I guess three or four other teams, the top teams that they've played this year on the road, they did not cover the number. I don't see why that would change against an Oklahoma team that, like we've mentioned, could be looking to make a statement to climb up for a better seed in, in when March Madness comes along.
2: Matt, you did just mention a couple of your plays, but I'll allow you to also take us to another game. Where where to next?
3: Yeah, okay, and so the other play in that game will be Oklahoma will be one of my legs in the parlay of the day. You guys know what the parlay of the day is. I don't need to get into it anymore. Oklahoma is the first leg of the parlay of the day, and I will be making that as we go along. Now, my second play, I'm actually going to bounce around. I'm going to stay on the hardwood. But I'm going to take us to the professional leagues, and that's fine if we go back to the college leagues. But give me the Denver Nuggets at home, plus two and a half, against the Los Angeles Lakers. I love this play. All-star break is coming. This is a game that means a hell of a lot more to the Denver Nuggets than the Los Angeles Lakers, just like The reason I bet the Sixers last night is the same reason I'm betting this tonight. The All-Star break is coming. The two focal pieces of the Lakers are participating in the All-Star break. Not only participating, you can call LeBron James the ringmaster of the All-Star break. He loves that shit. They all love that shit. They're going to come to play and they're going to come to win because that's what they've been doing all season. But in the altitude here, at home... I just really like Denver, and also on a side note, right, the Lakers haven't played like what I would say the best competition recently, their last five games they played the Suns, Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, and Kings, so the only playoff team they played in that last five game span would be the Rockets, and they lost at home by 10 points, so they haven't really been playing the best teams and then you go back another game they that was the I understand that was the Kobe game but they lost by 8 to the Blazers and then they lost by 17 to the Sixers so the last 3 quote unquote like solid teams i understand the Blazers aren't that good Record-wise, but I think we can all establish that the Blazers have been a much better team over the last ten to fifteen games since Damian Lillard has started this scoring streak. He is leading the NBA in scoring since January first. So the Blazers are a slightly different team, but over the last you know six or seven games, the Lakers kind of have just beaten up on the crappy teams and unfortunately dropped the games to the better teams. This game means a lot more to Denver at home in the altitude. Give me Denver plus 2.5, and they're going
2: to win this game outright. Yeah, it's a good look. I was on the Sixers as well last night, as you know, Matt, and I think that any time you can find motivational mismatches like this, I mean, guys, right when you said this number, I'll be honest, like I wasn't on this game and then immediately uh, began to think about it when you said that uh, Denver was an underdog at home because traditionally, you know, we always think of Denver as a team that protects that altitude well and plays well at home and – um Good for you getting two and a half because this is ticked down to two. Uh, Granted, juice towards the Lakers at minus Um, $1.15. I see
3: minus one and a half for Lakers in some shops already. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so
2: I I think that it's good to get ahead of this. Um, And, you know, it's starting to get to the point, if it hasn't already, where – you know, if you like Denver, you probably just want to look at them on the money line. But I, I definitely like what you're getting at with the... Uh, yeah, Greg,
3: I don't mean to cut you off, but it's definitely a good point. I mean, at the, at this point, if you are looking at Denver, yeah, there, there's no point in the points. Yeah. Even, I, even at the two and a half number. This is a money line or not. The Lakers are going to come to play or they're not here. Yeah. It's not and, in between. And, you know, also you think about Denver,
2: and I like to play teams that are constructed the way the Nuggets are in games like this in the regular season, because... You know, the Nuggets, yes, Nikola Jokic is a very good player but I don't know that we necessarily look at him through the same lens as other superstars in the league, and we more or less consider Denver as you know a good team brand that they play and they really defend well. Well, those are the teams that I think like to prove themselves against the superstar-driven teams in the regular season. So blindly, I like to play teams like Denver in the regular season against teams like the Lakers or the Clippers who may not always get up for games. And then with the all-star break on the horizon, I think it makes even more sense.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um,
2: Let's keep things moving. I actually want to stay in the NBA for my next pick, uh, and I am going to go to uh, Salt Lake City. And I like the Utah Jazz minus 4.5 at home against the Miami Heat. Miami at the end of a long road trip, and, you know, speaking of – Getting ready for that All-Star break. I think that's just about where we're headed for Miami. We know that the home road splits for the Heat are pretty drastic uh, in opposition of each other. Uh, And, you know, this road trip, granted, hasn't been good for Miami. They uh, won their first game of the five uh, on Monday against Golden State. But you look at those other games that they've lost. uh, Lost to Portland, who's not in the playoffs. Lost to Sacramento, who's not in the playoffs got blown out by the Clippers, especially in the second half of that game, to start this road trip. So I, I just think this is a Miami team that's kind of leaking oil a little bit here at the end of the first half, even though it's not really the first half. They play like two-thirds of the season before the All-Star break. Uh, and, and and I think that they're, uh, as I said, they've won in three straight up and against the spread so far on this trip. And I don't see any reason why against a playoff Utah team that uh, just got a... You know, real dramatic victory on Sunday in Houston. Then they followed up impressively on the road against Dallas. I know Doncic wasn't there, uh, but I think that now they get to come back home. Uh, obviously, that's always a good crowd, especially it should be even better with the way that they've played of late, and it's the last chance to see them before the break. Uh, I like the Jazz minus the points. Was my handicap just so good I left
3: you guys <laughs> I, I yeah, I mean, to stay? Yeah, I mean,
0: there's,
3: there's, there's, there's no pushback from me, Greg, personally. I mean, look, the Miami Heat are pretty bad on the road. However, they did win and cover, uh, Monday against the Warriors. I understand, um, I mean, the Warriors are pathetic. The difference is Jimmy Butler did play, and a couple of the previous games he didn't. And this Heat team doesn't seem like the kind of team that takes games off. I would just take a little disclaimer on the NBA today and tomorrow, you know, because going into the All-Star break with these these last games that they these teams play, going into the All-Star break, are always a little different, right? Like, I attacked the Sixers last night knowing that it was their last game going into the Ulster break. Why did I attack them? Because I know that win meant so much to the Sixers with their struggles and everything, going 0-4 on the road. It was so important for them to come home and go 0-3 at home, and and they did just that. So you got to find the spots that... You, like I just mentioned, like this Denver game, where that would be a great note for Denver to go into the All Star break against the Lakers. You think the Lakers care? It, I mean, look, they don't ever want to lose a game, but I it just you got to just look at certain teams and certain games. And the Miami Heat to me are one of those teams that just don't take games off. However, the Jazz at home are 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 are, are, are typically been. A great play but they they have been in a weird style you know they lost like those six games in a row and then they seemed a little bit back on track beating portland then two road two gutsy road wins and that's in at, at dallas close really games good. back-to-back games that is the reason why i would like the jazz in this spot as well
2: yeah and one last thing matt you mentioned those sixers picks I think it's a very important thing that all bettors, I mean, you and I, both Sixers fans, but I think it's very important to understand that if you follow a team, and I think that if you can remain objective, being a fan should make it easier to handicap teams. I mean, I've been betting against the Sixers quite a bit on the road. We know that they can't win for crap on the road. It's but simple. Then it's like really simple. you look at mm-hmm. how they've been at Wells Fargo, for whatever reason, it's two different teams. And, you know, there was the Joel Embiid social media stuff on Monday night, and, you know, he's still 25 years old, acting a little immature sometimes, but sure enough, he responded. And I expected him to. I was on his over points prop. My point I'm getting at here is the closer you follow a team, if you can remain objective, you should be able to handicap them better than any other team. Uh, And and I think in the NBA, that's really important because we talk so often in the NBA about motivation and are these teams going to care? Well, sometimes the reason you can figure those things out by reading the tea leaves, press clippings, you know, Al Horford coming out saying there's locker room problems, little things like that can give you an edge as a gambler.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Larry, uh, I'll let you go next. You've been a little quiet, so let's get you back involved here. Where's your next play of the day? I'm assuming – are we going back to college or you have anything? Yeah, we are definitely going back to college. Real quick before I jump back there, I was with uh,
1: Matt on his NBA play. I was waiting for that number to come out last night. I had had a feeling that it was going to be a low, low number, and if it was, we were going to jump on it. So I am definitely on his NBA play. But I'm going to take you guys back to college now, um, and I'm going to take us to another double-digit spread. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth minus fourteen at home against George Mason. Um, VCU right now they're sitting on the bubble and they need a dominant win. Uh, and George Mason just there's a lot of trends out there that that are pointing against George Mason. I and mean, they're one in five against the spread in their last six against VCU.
3: Phil, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I got to ask you a question. Right, being yeah. slightly new on the pod here, how much do you factor in when you say? they need a dominant win. How much you factor in that that means that they're going to get the dominant win?
1: So normally I wouldn't factor it in too much, but VCU being what they are at home, um, being a totally different team uh, in their own house and just blowing people away. Um, again, their last, what, five games, they've beaten Davidson by 11, Richmond by 19, St. Bineys by 18. And they're putting up some, some pretty large spreads here. Um, specifically at home. And, again, like I said, they are a different animal when they're at home as they are on the road. So, you know, if they were at George Mason, it would be a little different. Um, but the fact they're at home and they need this win, I just, I just lean towards them coming out of the gate hot and um, pressuring, pressuring George Mason, causing a lot of turnovers, and just putting them away pretty early in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm willing to lay the 14. Otherwise, again, if they were on the road, it would probably be a different story.
2: Yeah, I one thing I'll say on this and I, I'll be honest, uh, Virginia Commonwealth George Mason was not at the top of my list today for college basketball, but uh all tickets is cast, cash the same and I do hear what you're saying with VCU uh being a team that's kind of on the bubble. The one thing that I'll that would concern me just uh, you know, stylistically in laying this kind of a number with a bubble team, well, they're on the bubble for a reason and Perhaps you worry a little bit about them underachieving in games like this. I like to kind of look towards bubble teams. You know, we talk about VCU being in the A-10. I would want to play them more in a game, you know, either plus the points or even look at them outright against a Dayton or, uh, you know, a a Rhode Island who's also on the bubble in the A-10. You know, St. Bonaventure just won again last night. Like teams at the top of the league – because those are the games that VCU really needs. Like This is the kind of game that VCU could come with a C effort and still win. Having said that, what you said about them at home at the Siegel Center is certainly very true. So I'm not necessarily running to take George Mason, but it, enough of it is why I passed the game. Yeah,
1: I can understand where you guys are coming from for sure on that again. VCU being hot at home and then George Mason just look, they haven't been competitive at all in their losses. Sure. So I feel like they're gonna walk in there. Look, again, VCU is a tough environment to play. They're a tough defense. They try and spread you out. So I really feel like when they get in there, if VCU jumps on them early, it could get real <laughs> ugly real quick. And that's what we're leaning towards.
2: You mentioned get uh, defense and jumping on you real quick. I think we're all going to kind of like this play, but I'm going to go to Morgantown and give out the West Virginia Mountaineers minus the point against the Kansas Jayhawks. This is ticked out. Greg, you
3: were waiting to get in on that first, weren't you, Greg? I knew it. I knew it.
2: I knew it. How can I not? Uh, No, I mean, this is a spot that, you know, you look at for a while. West Virginia and Bob Huggins has done another really good coaching job this year. Um, And, you know, we look at the landscape of the Big 12. I mean, safe to say the winner of this game kind of solidifies the number two spot in the league behind Baylor, right? Would we all agree with that? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. yeah, so, so you know, you think about the magnitude of this game and, and what's on the line, and with West Virginia being at home, naturally in these kinds of spots, when you're basically just asking the team to win the game, and with, when it's a team as suffocating as West Virginia. See, that's the thing why I think West Virginia – we know why they've been so successful is because they really grind you down, wear you down, and at home when the crowd's on top of you, it creates for a pretty tough place to play. And, you know, for a Kansas team that I think is overachieved this year, I'll just be straight up. Like there was a lot of stuff going on with their program before the season started. Uh, You know, then there was the brawl against Kansas State. I I did not expect Kansas to be where it's at right now. Uh, and, and that's also part of the reason why I'm looking at West Virginia. Not only do I think the Mountaineers are legit and really have been running through the big 12 for the most part. I'd be very curious to see where the rest of the league goes and how close they can get to Baylor. But as far as tonight, quite honestly, as I said, I just think West Virginia is a better team and um, I'll take them. What do you guys have on this? I know. Cause we all like it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll hop in first here. Well, you know, who am I to say that West Virginia is gonna lose a game at home they're 12 and0 at home this year they haven't lost at home this year so right there you know before you even talk about the other team coming into the gym, who am I to say that they're gonna drop their first game at home? Clearly they are comfortable playing at home their fans provide them that hostile environment what not you know now that's not everything and we understand that great teams can walk in all uh, and win on on the road however i do understand that kansas has dropped the one tough road game and i believe that this is going to be their second tough road game that they drop yeah i'm with both of you guys on this play Matt, you
1: mentioned you know west virginia being 12 and 0 at home they're also undefeated after a loss against the spread too they're 4-0 um you know greg you mentioned how Huggy Bear's done a great job with this squad, and you know it seems like after a loss, we can see how fired up he can get. So you figure he's going to lay into these guys uh, since their last break, and they're going to come out at home um, and really stifle this Kansas offense. I feel I'm definitely on the West Virginia pick, but I think I'm also probably going to put a play on this under. Um, yeah, it was the total was 141 when they last met as an as an over under and it finished only 113 points. I really don't see either team getting over 170 or over 70 points. So I'm probably gonna lean the under here. Uh, curious to see where it ends up, but I'm with you both on West Virginia for sure.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good look on the under, by the way, too, especially when uh, you mentioned the last meeting and uh, what kind of wiggle room we have. Anytime you can get that kind of a window to where, you know, it can be significantly more high scoring than the last meeting, but still land under, uh, certainly uh, is something that's worth a look. Uh, Matt? Uh, Bill, what do you guys? Where do you, we, we want to go I'm next? i gonna take uh, us, us to yeah.
3: SEC, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN two, because I know you guys love watching the games. <sighs> Auburn Tigers against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Give me Auburn on the first half line. I'm not getting cute here. I'm doing what I've been doing all year. Auburn minus three and a half first half. They have a plus seven point seven first half margin of victory at home flip the script to Alabama minus a half a point margin of victory in the first half on the road combined overall Alabama's the 90th ranked first half team in the country you know I just I I don't really see how Auburn will not be up by two buckets here at the end of one Auburn's 50th best in the country in the first half they have a dominant backcourt. They've been playing great basketball. I understand they didn't cover the game against LSU, however, they did win that game, and that was a wild one. I don't know if you saw it, but and and Alabama, besides, I mean, well, besides their most recent win at Georgia, they were they were playing pretty pretty bad basketball. So maybe I could be wrong, and maybe the road win against Georgia sparked them. But, I mean, Auburn, you know, winning that road game against Arkansas on the road, winning that road game in overtime, excuse me, that was an impressive win. The home domination against Kentucky, that was an impressive win. Won a close game on the road at Ole Miss. Won a close game at home against Iowa State. I understand Iowa State's not that good. But why do you win these close games? Because they have the veteran guard, Presence, you know, they carry a six-game winning streak in here, and they'll be up by four or more at the break. You can you can bank on that.
1: Matt, you know, I love your first half plays, and I'm with you on most of them. This one, I'm going to stay clear of. I mean, you look at Auburn at home; the last two home games, uh, again, you mentioned LSU. They weren't, they didn't win that first half. I don't believe, right? They were down 12 in the first half um, against them, and then they were they again, were down 12. And then against Kentucky their previous home game, they were down one and a half. So I I just feel like they still hold a seven
3: point seven margin. No,
1: absolutely. I'm with you on that overall. But you know, and and I think Greg had mentioned before when we're talking about these bubble teams, everything with the tournament coming up, uh, the teams kind of show their face a little bit more, I feel like, when it comes to this time of year, right before our conference tournament. So look, I wish you none the best of luck, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make that a play. I'm going to steer clear and just root it for you guys, and, and,
3: and that's my that's, play well, that. Now, I just got a question for you as well. Totally fine staying clear. You talk about these bubble teams, right? So I haven't spoke about them. And mm-hmm. these, I don't truly factor it in that much, and the reason I'll tell you is why. Why is Auburn not a bubble team to you?
1: Why, not a bubble team? Yeah. What's what's their overall record?
3: My point is, obviously, I understand they're going to make the March Madness tournament. But at the same time, Auburn understands, well, they want to be a higher seed. That was the only thing I was getting at. You know, everyone's competing for the same thing. Yes, Alabama is competing for an actual spot in the dance. But Auburn knows that they're sitting at 11 right now. You know, Mm -hmm. if you end up finishing five at the end of the season, well naturally, you're probably going to be a two seed. So it, they know what they're sitting at right now, and they know what they need to do to get up the ranks. So I, I love to take the bubble teams in consideration, but of course, I also got to take in considerations great teams or good teams becoming great. And, and that's where I feel like Auburn is on the path. And I really do think Auburn can end up finishing with somewhere around a three seed in this tournament. I can see that for sure. Which, I mean, he's crazy. That's what they would finish now. I, I, but a three or two seed for sure, and, and I think they smell that. Yeah, I'm
1: with you. I'm just again, I'm, I would just be cautious with their last two home games. That's the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous. But yeah, again, wish you best of luck. And I could see who knows they could come out and be up by ten in the first half. For all we know,
2: let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap things up on the other side on full slate. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck it, the original button-down shirt, actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, untucked shirts always fall at the perfect length. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Untuck It has fit my frame great, and I've never had any problems. I hope your experiences are the same. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the co- promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com. Promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, it's time for our BetOnline.ag Parlay of the Week. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. As you could see... We're going to call it Parlay of the Week, even though Matt likes to do these daily uh, on full slate here. We'll call it Parlay of the Week.
3: Take it away, Matt. What's the Parlay for this Wednesday? <clears throat> parlay for this Wednesday. Parlay of the day. Four team parlay, all money lines. Yes, no spreads, all money lines. I don't know why I find I have to repeat myself multiple <laughs> times on Twitter. I'm sure as you guys see my post, sometimes it's confusing when you say all money lines. So sometimes I say money lines all. I don't know how people read, but, you know. Anyway, the four teams we got today are Oklahoma, Auburn, UNI, that's Northern, <clears throat> Iowa, and Tulsa, four teams, parlay, even odds, plus 100, book it, easy winner. One more time. Oklahoma, Auburn, UNI, Tulsa, four teams, one winner, even odds. Hey, you're telling me I get
2: four teams at even juice, uh, or no juice, I should say, uh, even money, uh, that certainly sounds good to me. There you have it, the betonline.ag parlay of the week. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. All right, we're back here wrapping things up. Bill Christie at Larry's Locks 2 joining us for his first full slate. Larry, how you feeling? you, you comfortable? We're not too intimidating, I hope. No, not at all. Not at all. It's been a lot of fun so far. Good, good. Uh, so I'll let you wrap things up. I know we each have uh, one last pick to get to. Uh, where's your final pick on the college hardwood?
1: Uh, I'm going to go to Pitt. Uh, I like Pitt minus three, but I think I like the under a little bit more. It's 36 and 16. The last Panthers 53 home games. You know, Clemson on the road. The unders hit eight of the last 11 games, and Clemson's just been abysmal, especially offensively. And they're going to be going into the in the pit where. You know, Pittsburgh is 32nd, I think, in the nation, averaging like less than 65 points per game. Um, so I see this just being – I'm, I'm not playing this game to watch the game. I'm going to play it, probably not watch it and look at it later
3: because um, yeah.
1: it's, it's going to be ugly. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of slowed-down offensive sets, um, a, lot of, a lot of guys blocking out, not many offensive rebounds. It's going to be slow and boring. But I really like the under here. And if I'm going to make a play on the game, I'd probably play Pitt um, minus three. You know, and if you're nervous about it and you want to take the money line, I wouldn't blame you. Um, again, Pitt as a home team, straight up, they're 11-4, and, and Clemson on the road is 1-6. So if that three point really scares you and you want to take the money line, the trends are in your favor. But I wouldn't have a problem lending uh, the points to, to Pitt too. So they're my two final plays. And one last thing, not much to go behind this, but I do like South Florida tonight um, getting six. The line just seems really shady to me. Um, I haven't really researched too much. I just took a look at it a minute ago. Um, but I'm definitely going to make yeah, that one wow. my and, official play. Wow,
2: off that blowout win against Wichita, and you said mm-hmm. it's only six. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that does seem a little short, and uh, yeah, a little trappy there on the Cougars, and you know maybe a little bit of a flat spot too. You know, obviously yep. off that big win, so I definitely like the situational look there. I'll give you another situational <laughs> look at my last play. I'm going to back Villanova in the first half minus two in the hook. Uh, Against Marquette, I am uh, hesitant to play Villanova full game because I first – obviously, you know, we talked about how good the Big East has been. And I first thought to myself, well, Villanova just lost a huge game against Seton Hall on Saturday. How is Villanova off a loss under Jay Wright? And it's actually not very good. I looked back to um, when Villanova – the season that it made its first tournament in under Jay Wright – and the Wildcats are actually about 10 under five hundred against a spread off a loss. So they haven't responded as well as I thought. That's why I don't, don't want to lay five for the full game. And I think also Marquette has the best player in this game in Marcus Howard. Uh, however, having said that, the situational spot here is too good to line up. We get Villanova at home again, off a home loss to Seton Hall. They're at home again now. And then we get Marquette coming in on the road, I think maybe a little fat and happy. The Golden Eagles get a big win against Butler. I think it all adds up situationally too good to look past for the first half. Give me Villanova minus two and a half.
1: I'm with you, Greg, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, You'd mentioned, I think, in a podcast last week about, you know, smaller, smaller arenas. You know, Villanova plays some of their home games down at Wells Fargo Center, but this one's going to be the Pavilion, and it's a different atmosphere, you know, so I like that play a lot.
3: Matt, you got one last play to take us home? So, yeah, I just want to touch on a few things that you guys uh, spoke on there, right? You mentioned that USF game. First glance, obviously, at the line, it doesn't make sense. When I look a little bit more into the numbers, South Florida, obviously you guys know I love looking at first halves college basketball, and I I can have a whole podcast of why I look at first halves rather than looking at full games. South Florida carries a plus 5.2 margin of victory in the first half at home, you know, that would naturally line up for me and be a play, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm sure Houston. But no, Houston is the 17th best first-half team in the country, and their home and road splits are not there. Plus 6.7 on at home and plus 6 on the road. So Houston is a very good first-half team thus far this year. So if you like USF, now, which I kind of do, I'm going to probably wait till halftime and try and maybe catch a second number or a better number. Now, could it be too late or could I still end up losing that, the play? Sure, but based on the data I have in front of me, I don't expect USF to be up enough at halftime that I can't get a close to pregame line, if not better line, by just waiting and playing the second half. Now, I may be wrong... But if I'm wrong, no harm, no foul. I wasn't in on the game anyway. That's right. just my that's just my little well, quick Matt, outlook like that's, there. That's
2: the important thing I want to ask you about there. When you say all that, if you are wrong, I'm assuming, like, so we're seeing full game plus six for South Florida. So if you are getting a second-half number that doesn't at least line up to full game plus six, you're not playing South Florida at a worse number, right?
3: I'm not playing South Florida as a, at a worse number. Unless I've sat there and I've watched or evaluated the first half and I think that South Florida is going to win the game, because sure. let's be real, a five and a half point dog at home, you know, sure, do they lose and cover often? Sure, but they win outright a lot of times as well. So I would imagine that there's going to the line's going to either indicate somewhere close to. A South Florida, you know, depending on what the halftime score is, it's going to be somewhere close to either the original line, obviously, a South Florida win, which would mean that South Florida is up 5 or 6 or 7 at half, and then the second half would indicate a South Florida money line, or it would just be a better number on the full game line, which I would then potentially be enticed on because I could see them making it a battle towards the end, um... But that's just that's just a, a, a quick little look on that game. I'm gonna dive into it later today. Uh, another game that I'm really interested in, and I'm taking us uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Big Ten Network. <clears throat> I'm taking us to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, real simple. You guys probably know what I'm going with this. Ohio State, first half uh, minus three here. Ohio State. Yeah, this
2: is a good look, I, man. I just want to get in. Sorry to cut you off. Ohio State. I'm sure you're going to get to this, but I watched the game against Wisconsin. They did not look good, so they'll have to come out and play well in this first half.
3: Yeah, and I mean, look, let's be real. This Ohio State team, I think we might, can, can, maybe could say, could be one of the more shocking ups and down roller coaster rides. Oh, uh, the whole way. Yeah, and when they're yeah. on, they're very good. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, were they ranked number one at one point? Top five. I don't think Top they ever five, got to win. Maybe number two whatever, top five for sure, you know, then they end up losing five or six in a row, and then here they are, they come back, they win three in a row, conference play, uh, you can cover all three of the numbers, one of them being a huge win on the road against Michigan, and then like you said, then they drop the game at Wisconsin, which we kind of expected, you know, it's really hard to win three straight road games in the Big Ten, that's what they were trying to do, and unfortunately, they didn't get it done, but I was all over, Wisconsin in the first half here because Ohio State holds a minus 1.8 margin of victory in the first half. But let me tell you, Greg, and Larry, excuse me, mm-hmm. they're plus 11.9 in the first half at home. I, I, I mean, that's wow. just tremendous. That's tremendous. Rutgers, yeah, and they just blew out Indiana at home. They just blew out Indiana at home, you know, specifically in the first half. They're up by 9 points. Rutgers On the road, minus a half a point. They do not scare me whatsoever. Rutgers is a lot better than I'm sure most people thought Rutgers would be. They will end up getting a spot in the tournament. But let's be real, they might be coming back down to their senses. I mean, they were an 11-point dog. I mean, 11-point favorite against Northwestern. They struggled with them. A lot of people had aspirations of them walking into Michigan a couple games ago and winning that game. They couldn't. Uh, I mean, I understood they keep it close with Maryland when they played, but Maryland absolutely dominated them in the second half, outscoring them by 10 in that second half. I think Rutgers is coming a little bit down to earth, and I think Ohio State's going to come out, and they're going to be up by double digits at halftime. Larry, I'll let you kind of
2: speak a little bit more to this pick since you're the Rutgers guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like to play in the first half. Um, you know, looking back when I looked into this game a little bit, I was a little surprised. I didn't think Rutgers was playing that well on the road, but I mean, as an away team, they're four one and one against the spread um, as just an away team, and then as an away underdog, uh, they're three one and one. So, kind of shocking that they're that good on the road. Um, but again. I, I would lean where where Matt's going with his first exactly half play. Exact
3: why check first half.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, and you know I'm curious with the full game line when you're when I've heard you guys talk about it before with Big Ten home teams. Has there been an inflation on their numbers? You know, is six not a it's not a huge number, but look, I could totally see what Matt said. Ohio State being up at the half and then Rutgers because they they hit the board so hard, they're always over the floor. You know, they just they just out hustle every team they play. Um, so I could see them getting back into it late in the game. Um, and then you mentioned that 11-point that spread with Northwestern. Um, you know, that was a little shocking that they took, took them to overtime because they just got Geo back. And, you know, maybe yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, they were in danger
3: was... of losing that game. They were down by yeah. uh, 15 at one point. Oh,
1: so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they finally turned it around. So, look, as a Rutgers fan, I'm kind of hoping that it just took them a while to get used to a healthy Geo playing with them and, and taking more shots and, and running the offense a little bit more. Um, but... You know, if I would lean your play, I would lean the first half of Ohio State more than I would lean Rutgers' full game for sure,
3: yeah, and and tell me to speak about the inflated lines, like, look, I understand Purdue has been good at home, right, mm-hmm. um, and i I mean, I did lose on Purdue first half, and I was a very skeptical. I didn't play the full game for a clear reason. This Penn State team is good. I mean, that line was way over inflated oh, yeah. just for just for Purdue's past two dominating home victories. Now, I mean, look, it's easy to say after Purdue walked in, I mean, after Penn State walked in there and won that game by whatever, by, by 12 points or whatnot, it's easy to say now, but, you know, Penn State has been playing really good basketball. That line was overinflated at six points for sure. There we have it. Uh, that'll do it for
2: this pump Day edition of Full Slate. Bill uh, Christie at Larry's Vlogs too. Good to have you aboard. We're looking forward to having you more.
1: Thanks, guys. Appreciate
2: it. All right, Matt. Hey, we'll talk soon. Best of luck to everyone tonight. Let's get some winners. There you go. Let's get some winners. Hope everybody tails tonight. And, of course, please play responsibly.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.